0: good day to you wherever you may be this is the production room brought to you by replay the collective marketing agency this is episode eight of the production room i'm joined here by my beautiful co-hosts mikhail alphon and hannah moyer Hannah Moyer, she's our head of operations, and Mikhail Alfon, he is our head of content strategy. So today we're going to take a look at successful marketing campaigns. We're going to talk a little bit about their influence, how they're put together, and sort of the anatomy of how that stuff works out, so we can get an idea of really what makes a really successful marketing campaign go. Um, Let's take a look at a few popular campaigns over the past couple years. Um, This big one, the Share a Coke campaign, we've all seen Mm -hmm. it, Mm Coca-Cola bottle, can, Uh, with your name on it, Um, they swapped their logo with some popular names. So we could share a Coke um, with the people that you matter the most. That was the idea behind it. Um, So you go from store to store, you look for your name, you look for your friend's name, your family member's name, you have the opportunity to pick up that bottle. If it says McHale on it, I pick it up, I bring it to my party. And you know, it says McHale on it, you think I'm cool. (laughs) and we become better friends in that moment, um, thanks to Coca-Cola. Um, it gave a creative, it gives the creative control and a brand ownership to consumers, prompting them to engage, um, with, with the campaign specifically in in camp and engage with the brand. Um, but it's not necessarily promoting Coca-Cola. It's actually promoting the people that drink Coca-Cola, right? Um, and it really drove incredible engagement on social media. Online conversations became organic, driven, brought by people mm-hmm. and the consumers, as opposed to the brand driving the conversation. Which I think is um, a really interesting, un, uh, a really interesting sort of um, point to understand about the campaign. Um, an article from Investopia states that in that campaign, more than five hundred thousand photos were shared using the share a coke hashtag Um, consumers were able to uh they were prompted to create virtual coke bottles um shared more than six million of these bottles online um and so additionally coca-cola gained roughly 25 million followers on facebook alone that that number blows me away um so mikhail looking at This marketing campaign, we can see a lot of success that came from the consumers' involvement with Coke, Um, and all the brand had to do was really put the names on the bottle, and it generated like an incredible amount of hysteria. I don't know if hysteria is the right word; hype is probably a better word. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so what do you what do you think about a paid approach versus paid media approach versus an organic approach?
1: Well, I think you need both. I think Coca Cola, though, in this spot were geniuses because as they saw social media rise they knew that social media is all about communities i love that you actually said that we became we could become good friends because of that moment and that's actually what happens is i'm now messaging maybe hannah with this coke bottle who has never tried coke before Mm -hmm. and you know we're sharing something in common in addition to the fact that it connected with me there's actually another statistic that the pop like two percent of the people in australia who have never tried coke before started drinking coke and that's a lot of people right Mm -hmm. so and it's because of because of this campaign so organic back to the question organic versus paid i think that you need both but doing organic properly and getting it to connect with somebody and a certain type of person um to get them to share i mean the the value is way way you know way better
0: yeah, it creates that sense of community around the brand mm-hmm. itself, right? And you know, you I share something with you. It does it, in that moment. It does almost. It's not cheesy to say it. It, it really does sort of help us to connect, mm-hmm. right? And it's something that you and I can share together. Thanks to Coca-Cola, it's an incredible, an incredible campaign that really leveraged social media and the power of uh, the power of social influencing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're you're far more likely to buy a product because I recommended it to you rather totally. than them cooking you, right? Exactly,
0: totally. If yeah. I see an ad. I'm, I'm or if, I, if you share something with me, you say, you know, this restaurant's great, or you say you gotta check this place out, they've got a really cool deal here, or whatever the shirts are great, or whatever the case may be, it's gonna mean a lot more, yeah, yeah. coming from you than it is from seeing an ad. Um, it uh, makes perfect sense. So just last year, Spotify came out with an interesting out-of-home campaign, talking sort of about another campaign here that's successful, um, where they made billboards with entertaining facts they pulled from data on their users. The Thanks, for two, Thanks 2016 It's Been Weird campaign featured billboards that read, Dear Person Who Played Sorry 42 times on Valentine's Day, What Did You Do? Um, and dear person in the theater district who listened to the Hamilton soundtrack 5,376 times this year, can you get us tickets? Um, over the past few years, we have seen less and less out of home marketing as social media marketing has taken over. Um, so, Hannah, what advantages can some uh, can, uh, can what advantages can we get out of home marketing um, versus uh, social media marketing?
2: This is such a good example of how they can use something social like Spotify out of home. And so it gives them the chance to stand out because how many I mean, billboards are typically I mean products and maybe hospitals mm. and the lawyers they'll get you out of a car accident or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's two, two two two
0: two 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 two
2: So it really gives them the opportunity to stand out and to go against the trend and to kind of go back ten, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I think they did they made such a good decision to do that. One of my personal favorites was To the how many guys who listen to the Girls' Night Out playlist, you guys rock, or something like that, of just (laughs) emphasizing the silliness of they are watching what you listen to.
0: Right, exactly. Um, Spotify CMO Seth Farben said that there's been a debate, right, and this is a common debate in the marketing world, is that big data is taking out a lot of creativity in marketing. Um, What are your thoughts on this?
2: I think it's both... It's yes and no, because Spotify use data in a very creative way. Mm. So it doesn't inherently limit it. It only limits it if you allow it to. Um, but when you are creating ads to have good stats, you can creativity can tend to take a backseat. Or, for example, I'm a writer, so when I write for SEO, I want to make sure that it's having that effect with using the right keywords and all of the different elements of that, but still maintaining... That creative edge that'll make people read it because yes, you do want it to work for SEO, but ultimately you want ultimately you want to provide value for the reader. And so, if you only rely on SEO and only rely mm-hmm. on the data, then you kind of limit the creativity and how you're going to do it. So it's just playing out that balance. I think Spotify did a really good job with that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm like them saying to the guy who played. Justin Bieber 42 times which was me by the way <laughs> like that's actually insanely creative and it stops gets you to laugh creates a connection and you're like shit I listen to that too you know what I mean so that was way creative
0: yeah it's, uh, and I I, li- I liked how you, how you brought up sort of that mix it's not just one or the other there yeah. you need to use data to make it we, we're so fortunate to have technology and to have platforms where we can pull a lot of data from it data helps us make better decisions mm-hmm. right and it's
2: also to a certain extent it's Social proof is the KPI, so mm-hmm. it's the people tweeting about it and everything. Those are the metrics, but it's also just the social proof that it's working, people talking about it.
0: That's a great point. Um, okay, so I want to talk about another campaign. This one's this one's special to me um, because Newcastle is an incredible beer. Uh, so Newcastle Brown Ale. They they landed one of the number one uh, Super Bowl ads and uh, in the last few years by doing using this technique it was pretty awesome. So um, in, instead of actually buying a thirty or forty million dollar thirty second spot on for a commercial during the Super Bowl, they actually created a campaign and a video and they posted it on social media um, using you, leveraging YouTube in a big way. Um, and basically, it was the the the. The campaign was if we if we made it campaign, um, and so basically they couldn't afford to uh, the the millions and millions of dollars it would take to get a thirty second ad spot. So what they did was they made an ad, and then um, they they rather than spending all of that money on the placement, the Newcastle put their money into casting Anna Kendrick, um, and Anna Kendrick. Uh, Tweeted something to the effect that they were not uh, that they, they Newcastle was going to cast her and they they gypped her out of millions of dollars um, and an in, she, so they were using a, a really unique crowdsourcing technique knowing that her fan base would be following along and the message and actually turned out to be it landed one of the most prestigious uh, uh, picks for um, for Adweek. Um, so, Mikhail, what do you think about? What, what do you think made this campaign so successful and what can other companies take from Newcastle's approach
1: Well this campaign is really special to me because Anna Kendrick is an amazing woman um, but they took they took somebody let's take let's talk about this real quick they took somebody that both men and women can relate to right women think that she's a badass because she has some spunk she sings she, and a lot of the characters that she plays are like strong independent women right uh, Men like her. Because why the hell not? Like, she's beautiful. She does all this stuff. She's you know? funny. She's funny. I think she's great. If she's watching, it's up? But anyways, um, so they took somebody, uh, a person, that, bo- that both demographics can uh, relate to. So everybody can watch. And then in addition to that, they took into, they used shock value of, like, uh, Newcastle's screwing me over. So now everybody's paying attention to Newcastle. And they used a current event as well, such as the Super Bowl. Mm. So by tying in those three things, they essentially had the perfect formula for something that would go viral.
0: They use their brains. Oh, yes. Yeah, wow. Well, um, it's a really interesting technique to really kind of, instead of having to, you know, you know, not every company has millions and millions of dollars to spend on advertising. And most companies don't even have hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars to spend annually on, on advertising. So using your brain using specific audience targeting, being able to speak specifically to a specific audience, using very unique messaging, and by using current events and relevant events to your audience, then you can really do something special. Mm -hmm. So Forbes came out with an article speaking specifically about this ad. Um, And it states that often research has shown that commercials viewers like the best are the least effective at selling. So rather than exploit this opportunity to sell a benefit, too many companies blow it, by focusing on entertainment value. So, Hannah, do you think this is true?
2: I I do, to a point. I think it's important to make your presence known, and I think sometimes the silliness in advertising is a benefit. But you also want to – you don't want to forget that you're spending this money in order to create awareness and to sell a product. So you do need to have that product in there. Like in the Coke uh, campaign, it was – just it was about the community but they also remember to bring in oh yeah it's coke we made these special labels and so you really want to balance that you can make it entertaining just don't forget the focus of spending the millions of dollars
0: yeah so i mean how important do you find placement to be for the success of campaigns
2: i think speaking to specifically like social media marketing and targeted ads we've found great success with using location-based advertising especially for a restaurant where outside of a 15 20 mile radius I mean, that ad spend is worthless then. So we focus on that radius using buying habits and everything like that. Um, But I think that's kind of the difference between old and new marketing is just that you can be very targeted with how you use your ad spend to make it go further and to make it be more effective. Gotcha.
1: And the reason this was successful too is because it was happening around – the Super Bowl, right? That that placement in that respect and the timing w- is is uncanny, and it's uh, like you said earlier, it's capitalizing on current events, and that's you know that's obviously very important. Like you're not gonna release uh, ads for swimwear in December, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
0: Awesome. Well, great stuff, guys. To our viewer, to our listener, I hope that you were able to find value in, this, uh, in the eighth episode here of the production room. Again, my name is Sam. I'm the head of growth operations here at Replay, the collective marketing agency. And until next time, don't stop growing. Don't ever